You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. It's one of those shows that like, I kind of wish I didn't start it when I started it because it's really, it's pretty messed up. Derek and Steve present... Murph, how's it going? It's going great. Long time listener, fourth time caller. Give us your credentials first. Yeah, actually start with the credentials. My, cred- I, my credentials... I don't really know what credentials that would be. The dark horse in this race is uh, Parasite, but it would be a really big shock. And I'm not sure that the Oscar voting body is necessarily progressive enough to vote in a foreign film as best picture. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 145 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, how's it going? Derek, it's going swell. We have swell, five nice. more episodes until episode 150. Yeah, for real. For We've real. yet to plan, <laughs> but we keep talking about it. We so do. That's key. And, it, and it'll be at least like, it'll be at least like 45 minutes before episode 150 that we have decided on a plan. So. <laughs> right. We'll have at least a little under an hour to get it all together. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So um, for now, it's episode 145, um, our first episode after uh, our esteemed Oscars expert really blew it out of the water with his projections last week. So we'll get to that in the second half today. Um, But first, I think we have an opening drive that you'd like to introduce uh, before we get into the sports half. Yeah. So this was a question submitted by a loyal listener, uh, Chris McLaughlin. Okay. All Um, right. And the opening drive question, and I've pondered it, so I feel like I have an answer, but (laughs) I want to throw it to you and we can debate, is do you think you've ever drank milk from the same cow twice? Drank milk from the same cow twice. And this is a very important question for you, and it's different for you because you drink more milk than anyone I've ever met in my life. So I do. So I, I actually will, will say that I actually drink a lot less milk than when I lived with you. Wow. Was I, Um, was I the reason you were drinking all that milk? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I I think I just, uh, I definitely, I started drinking more almond milk for sure. Um, partly because I would use almond milk and smoothies and stuff. And, and then I was like, you know what? I kind of actually don't need as much regular milk. So I definitely don't drink as much regular milk as I used to. Do you think you've ever drank milk from the same almond tree? <laughs> Let's stick with cow. Let's stick, Let's with, stick cow. with the cows. Um, so I, this is an interesting question, um, obviously. Um, yeah. I, uh, so so I, I thought about this. I, I saw this five, five minutes before we started recording. I was trying to think of my answer. I, start, I, I decided to quickly Google how many cows there are in the world. There's 1.5 oh. billion. Oh, wow. So there's 1.5 billion cows in the world. So then I was like, no chance. Like there's, there's no way I've drank milk from the same cow twice. But then I started thinking and I'm like, all right, like how does this system work? Right? Like, I mean, so hood or like, uh, Gorillac farms or, or whatever, whoever, um, whatever provider, whatever brands of milk are sending out to the grocery stores. Like I highly doubt they're just bringing milk from like from cows from California and, and Idaho and Iowa and Texas. You would think. And they're ending up in a Massachusetts store, right? Like, I, you got to think it's got to be some regional elements of how they're distributing, right? Because milk goes bad. Exactly. Exactly. So so you can't just take, like, random selection of, of cow's milks 
right? I, I, I got. I think you got to have like the same farm is sending, you know, product to the same processing areas that's producing the milk that's going to the same grocery stores, right? You have to assume that. And so, as someone who growing up like drank a lot of milk, and then you know even uh, after college drank a, quite a bit of milk, and now <laughs> yeah, drink some did. milk. Um, I mean, like growing up, I drank a ton. You know, like every day I would have milk probably. Um, You're a milk boy. I got to think yes. I got to think it's somewhere along the line there. I had a glass of milk, or I I, I shouldn't say glass, a carton of milk, a second carton of milk <laughs> that came from the same cow. So I'm gonna say yes. You know, I was I'm leaning <laughs> yes too. I want it. It feels like a fairy tale like situation <laughs> where. You have like a connection with one cow or maybe two. Yeah. Um, but 1.5 billion cows is more than I expected. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <there's>, so <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, you have to assume that the same grocery stores aren't getting cows from 1.5 or milk from 1.5 billion cows. It's got to be significantly smaller sample size of like regional cows. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Florida cows soaking up the sun on the beach. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. Right. You got these Florida cows like hanging out on the beach, like uh, playing Polish horseshoes and like, and <laughs> volleyball and volleyball. And I mean, so, so 1.5 billion cows on the planet doesn't, is not as relevant if you're looking at like the milk you were drinking as a child in Florida. Right. Right, like, and like it's, all that yeah. milk gets like it gets tossed in the same tub and swirled around. It's not like they're they're individually. Oh, great point, it. great point. So yeah. it gets diluted. Yeah, one carton of milk. How many cows' milk do you think contributes to one carton? That's a little gross to think about, but probably one point five billion. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope it's not one point five billion. What if it was a one but... drop from every cow in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be the least efficient processing model uh, I can imagine, <laughs> and, the, so, and the least the least sanitary and safe. So but we're in agreement. You, we've both drank milk. Do you think you and I have drank milk from the same cow? <laughs> that's that's separately. <laughs> that's why. That's I mean, we've we've probably drank milk from the same carton before. So that's true. You're right. Like, or I keep saying carton. That's really an yeah, old, stop old saying school carton. way. It's a gallon. Or a, I mean, it's not a bottle. It's not a bottle anymore. What, what would it's you call it? It's more a bottle than a... It's a jug. It's a jug. Jug it's of more milk. a bottle than a carton. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. I, th I think our answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. So, the answer so to... The do you think you've ever drank <laughs> milk from the same cow is yes. Thank you for the submission, <laughs> Chris McLaughlin. <laughs> we can always count on Chris for the best questions. So. Yeah, we can. Um. All right, so that does it for Milk from Cows and brings us into half number one, which is sports. The Monster Jam. All right, so sports. Um, the couple uh, football stories and a baseball story today. So we're going to start it off with football. Um, the big game that has happened since we last podcasted. Um, it's really no doubt about it, right? Obviously, the number one most important game was the Tampa Bay Vipers opening football game of the XFL season, and it was a disappointment. It um, was. It was a sad day for Tampa yeah. Bay Vipers fans, Derek. So, sad day all around. Uh, the Vipers lose. I think what was I think it was twenty three to three final score. Really a 
a very disappointing opener for the Tampa Bay Vipers. But yeah. take, taking a step back, the XFL returned to the world this weekend uh, after quite a long hiatus, whenever they last existed. I don't remember. Do you remember when the last season was of the it XFL? It was probably 15 years ago. Yeah, it was very, very early in the in the millennium. Um, and the XFL has eight teams. They're back. There's four games over the weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, we'll get to some of the uh, specific rule changes and kind of what's different about this XFL. But what was your overall experience for the, the, the grand return of the XFL? Well, I am in a um, very unique and uh, lucky group of people who actually ha- yes. now have a an XFL team in their town. So I get to watch the Tampa Bay Vipers, uh, a real XFL team in my town. And I'm going to tell you, Tampa Bay has Viper fever. Man, we get get bit. We are we are getting bit. I like that. Um, I like that. The only bad news is now I have to watch a Tampa Bay football team lose every single Sunday <laughs> without interruption until the end of time. <laughs> that is the only downside I can see, though. So the only downside is now I have to watch losing football every Sunday <laughs> instead of just almost every Sunday. Right. Um, but overall, I will say I enjoyed the XFL. I. We kind of made me and my buddies made a uh, a joke of it, and we went out to a bar and watched the opening games on Saturday. Then I sat and did homework and watched the games on Sunday, and it's just mediocre to bad football. Like, but it's football. <laughs> um, I there's some players name there's names you recognize like Quentin Flowers was we're like rooting for the backup quarterback to be in already. There's already quarterback <laughs> controversy in Tampa Bay. Aaron Murray was the starter. Um, I like all of the rule changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, everything's brand spanking new, so we'll we'll see if it holds. Because I heard uh, the AAF and the AFL, whatever those other leagues were, also folded. They did really well their first few weeks and folded within like four or five. Right. Right. Um, so longevity is going to be the, the issue, but I am I am happy with it. If it if it can stick around, I'm okay with it. And it's the end goal is probably get bought by the NFL or become like a, a D league for the NFL or right. minor leagues and just almost be a test ground for new rules, new equipment, uh, yeah. training refs, training players, things like that. So I can see it being, uh, being viable. I mean, th- there's a space for that. I, it's kind of, it's kind of stunning that that doesn't exist in a, in a sport as popular as football when every other sport has minor leagues and testing grounds to, to try those things out. The, the, the football doesn't have that. And so, I agree that there's a space for it. I, I also agree that it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, honestly, I mean, I think, sure, it, it's not the best football, but one of the observations I had was like, if it's not the best football on both sides of the ball, then it's kind of okay. Like, right. like there's some off- there's some mistakes on offense. There's some mistakes on defense. Like, the games are pretty good. Like, now I didn't watch as much of the Sunday games, but I, I watched both of the Saturday games. And the first one was was very good. The second one kind of got out of hand toward the end. Uh, Houston kind of blew out um, L.A. But, you know, there was some good football. But And Houston's quarterback, by the way, looked really good. This kid, uh, P.J. Walker, he was like this like mobile QB who was like looked very, very good. Like, like I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to earn himself a tryout somewhere. And so, you know, it's these guys trying to prove themselves. And you do see some names you recognize. Um, let's go over a few of the rule changes because those are significant. So starting with the kickoff, the kickoff rules are kind of kind of crazy. You kind of feel uncomfortable watching kickoffs almost. I like it though. I like I'm it in, too. I'm into it. So so the kicker is alone by himself at his own 30-yard line. And at the opposing 35-yard line, 
uh, or the opposing 30 and 35 yard line. The two teams are lined up basically down the line against each other yes. in, in single lines for each team. And the only people not in those lines are the kicker and the returner. And the kicker is at the, his own 30 and the returner is back like around his own 10, like between the goal line and the 20. And so the kicker kicks it. Nobody on those two lines can move until the returner catches the ball. Um, or like some other rule, like if it hits the ground, then like three seconds later they can run or something like it's, there's a couple it's, it's I'm not a hundred percent sure on the rule for if it doesn't get caught in the air. Um, but there are some severe penalties also for the kicker, not kicking it where he needs to like, right. so if the kicker doesn't reach the 20 yard line in the air, then it comes out to his own 45 is where they start with the ball. So that's pretty ridiculous. Like they're already in opposing territory. Um, and so, and so, the, so what did you think? So overall, your thoughts on the kickoff rule? You, you like um, it? So the, the obvious, uh, reasoning behind this is to cut down on the long period of time where players are running at each other yes. and hurling themselves like human missiles head to head. Yes. Um, which this accomplishes. This stops that. This is basically line up five yards across from each other and run a football play basically. Right. Um, I liked it. I, thought it'll give a chance i think there's going to be more touchdown kickoff returns probably i think um i don't know it allows it allows you to kind of see more of the action it, it allows for always there like always being a kick return rather than always being a touchback yeah um so i i think i'm pro this rule change and i could see the nfl adopting it it seems not that far from an nfl rule where if it works in the xfl why not nfl yeah, I agree completely. I think it's uh, one of the ones that has the highest likelihood of getting adopted because of the safety and because it has minimal negative impact, if any, on the actual flow of the game. And, you know, the only thing they might change is like the the penalty for uh, not reaching the 20 or for kicking it out of bounds yeah. or whatever. They Can might you be on, more is there an, Is there an XFL onside kick option? I was literally thinking about that during one of the games and I, I didn't end up finding the answer. Like I didn't look for the answer, um, but it never came up as far as the games I watched now. There was, the last game on Sunday, I think, was a one-score game, but I didn't watch the end, so I don't know if they talked about that on the broadcast or not. But uh, that's one thing I would need to check on is whether there's a any viability of an onside kick because um, I didn't see one. I, and, and in the rules that I read, I didn't see it anywhere either. Um, so the kickoff is one. Um, extra points is another one which was uh, very interesting. So after touchdowns, um, there is no kicked extra point like in the NFL. There is the choice to go for one, two, or three. And so the one is from the two-yard line. Uh, going for two is from the five-yard line. And going for three is from the 10-yard line. Um, so what do you think of this rule and, and kind of how this plays out in the game? I also love this rule. Extra point kicks are dumb. Um, I think it's awesome that if a team is winning by 18, it's still a two-possession two game. Yep. Like you could go for... You, you, but it would be hard. Like you'd have to get the touchdown and then a ten yard touchdown, basically yeah. a ten yard extra point and a touchdown and ten yard extra point. So it really, really can separate a ball game. And then the scores end up being a little weirder. So there's like some strategy into like, do you yep. do you kick a field goal and go up by three, or do you go for the touchdown so that they can't win by an extra point and a two pointer? Like you just yeah. the math. There's way more strategy in the math now, which I enjoy. And right. kick kicks are dumb. So if you can yeah. have the ball in the offense's hand more, um, I am. I agree. I think I do think it'll uh, average out. Like the sabermetrics guys will get their hands on it, and it'll end up being everyone going for 
two every time, two. Or th- yeah, whatever think, whatever the numbers work out to. But I bet yeah. it's two. I think two is going to end up being what it is. And, and and the funny thing about that is uh, when you look at that against the current NFL, going for two is from the two yard line, and that's going yeah. for one in the XFL. So like like it is clearly harder. Like, like it's more difficult to convert for points. Um, but it's kind you know it, it makes it interesting. And and I, the thing I like most about it is that. Um, kind of the first point you said, which is like an 18 point game is a two score game. A nine point game is a one score game. Like, like, yeah. like I had to, I didn't realize that like until I had to keep reminding myself that while watching the game, like this is a one score game. It's nine points. Like you're trained to, as a football fan, you know, that's a two score game mm-hmm. and that it's got that extra point that you can potentially get on a touchdown makes it still a one score game if it's only nine. So, um, I, I liked that a lot. I think it adds a lot of intrigue to, uh, a team trying to come back or a team trying to build a lead. Speaking of comeback, the the comeback time is another rule change. Uh, this one, uh, basically in the last two minutes of the game, the... Two minutes the, of each half. Two, sorry, two minutes of each half, yes. Uh, the clock stoppages resemble college football, except even more extreme in that they happen... The, 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 the clock stoppages on every play. Uh, just like a college football first down, it stops every play in the XFL, down inbounds or out of bounds. Now, if it's out of bounds or incomplete, it, it stops like normal uh, in the last two minutes. Um, but if it's inbounds, it stops until they set the ball. And then the play clock starts, which is 25 seconds. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, and then the game clock resumes after five seconds have ticked off of the play clock. So essentially, it stops and then five seconds of five seconds more of frozen clock once you're ready to play. So really, you certainly can get up there and get another playoff pretty much without any extra time running off if you're if you're on top of it and hurrying up. Um, what did you think of comeback time and the way that you saw that play out? Um, I also like this. I know I'm going <laughs> to just say I like all of it. Um, this one I'm I not- can say also as a disclaimer, I love all the rules too. So, right. so go ahead. Right, love all the rules. <laughs> yeah. Although this, this one seems a little bit of a stretch for me. I like the idea of um, adding like the college stoppage time aspect, but also having it stop every play. Yeah. That's literally just a time to come back. Like a, yeah. there's no there's no plays to get out of bounds. There's no um I don't know, drawn up things to where like you get to the line and spike it. It's just it's it, it seems too far removed from the other parts of the game where you can have a stop every single time. Although yeah. like we said there's a 25 second play clock now. Moving on to that mm-hmm. kind of is the play moves so much faster and the games oh, yeah. are so much faster. And I think that was probably an emphasis because uh, NFL games can last four hours and XFL games are last maybe three hours and you get twice as many plays because there's right. a 25 second play clock instead of a 40 second play clock. Yep. Yeah. I think um, the 25 second play clock was really nice. I, I thought it was great for the pace of the game. Um, a couple things about it though. And this is not really a complaint on the rules, but this is something that like, the coaches in the XFL need to get on top of this because I feel like I think I saw three times in these games that I watched that a team failed to get a field goal off in time. But like when it was time to go fourth yeah. down, go for a field goal, like 25 seconds is not enough if you don't haven't decided yet what you're going to do. You know, but like yeah. in, in the NFL with a 40 second play clock, you can you can spend 15 seconds deciding what you want to do. And then you still have 25 left to run the field goal team out there and kick the field goal, right? And in the XFL, not only do you only get two timeouts per half instead of three, um, which is another rule change, 
But the 25 seconds, like if you spend 10 seconds deciding after a play's over, if you're going to go for it or kick it, then you only have 15 left to, to switch your whole unit out there, get the kicker lined up and kick it. And yeah. multiple times I saw teams fail to do that. Um, so that is an interesting thing that I don't think it's a problem with the rule because because also field goals are dumb, like we just said. <laughs> but like like extra points are dumb and field goals are kind of dumb too because kickers have gotten so bad that like that unless it's unless it's fourth and like sixteen or something, then you really should be going for it. And I think that's what the XFL is kind of designed for is for you to go yeah. for it. But um but that is one impact of it. But overall I think it does a it does wonders for for making the game more watchable because you don't have these long delays and long clock killing drives that you're kind of, you know, you know, there's not, it's not as easy to just drain the clock if you have the ball. Right. And now that we're talking about it, when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, there's not that many differences between real football, but there really is now. Like you said, the two timeouts thing instead of three. Um, You can also stick a mic in someone's face immediately after they miss (laughs) a field goal or fumble. Hilarious. Yeah. Immediately after someone fumbles the ball, they're like, why'd you fumble? And they just stick the microphone (laughs) in your face. Yeah. They're like, like, so what, so how'd you miss that kick? Like, what were you thinking? Or like coaches are like calling plays and they just like bump the microphone into their face and say, so what's going on? And, and they just straight up have them mic'd up like the, the the whole play call. Like you just hear it. Like, well, the, um, I did know that the all the position players, like the wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks, have the speaker helmets, so they all hear right. the plays. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the only people who don't hear the plays in microphones are the offense and defensive lines. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because uh, because I I did They're notice all, with that with those mic'd up sections, like you'd hear the coach call the play, and then the quarterback would actually not repeat what he said. He would only really say a subset of it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I get that makes sense now that you say that because he's really probably only telling the offensive line what they need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny too because as soon as a play is over, if they did a zoom out view, every position player on the field has his hands up against his head like he's <laughs> like he's trying to drown out the noise so yeah. if you if you took a picture it's like 10 guys on the field just like with their arms on their helmets <laughs> <laughs> that's great um so yeah so interesting stuff there and one other thing about the 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 game clock comeback time and play clock situation that is worth noting and i think it's kind of a to me this part's silly and i don't really like this part and i think that this can be reconciled by fixing this and uh, maybe making the comeback time a little bit less aggressive in how much stoppage there is. But throughout the rest of the game, outside of comeback time, um, incompletions and out of bounds don't stop the clock, which is which is a very different uh, framework than in the NFL. Like in the NFL, out of bounds, yes, the clock will continue to run after they like set the ball and everything. But incompletions in every level of football everywhere is it stops the clock. Like until the next play is snapped, you know, and that is not the case in the XFL. Incompletion is just like an out of bounds, like that temporarily stops it. And then as soon as the ball is placed back down, it starts again. So not that it has a huge impact, like in the middle of a quarter, like an incomplete pass, like whatever kind of, but to me, I just feel like that's one that they don't really need to speed it up that much. Like an incomplete pass stops the clock. People are fine with that. As long as the play clock's still keeping you honest enough to keep going. I would switch that to have the clock stop there and then maybe not be so uh, clock stop happy with the comeback time. But, you know, they're they're They can see how it goes. And uh, it's it's worth worth keeping an eye on that. Um, last one here, which you, which you put down, which I think we should talk about is the emphasis on the betting. <laughs> um, the the scoreboard, at least on the ESPN broadcasts, was very uh, 
clear about what the over under and the spread is. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like, aggressive. Like it knows who they know who they're talking to. Now the the Fox broadcast did not have it as clear, but they would still pop it up once in a while. Um, what do you think of that? I also love this. I mean, if the XFL needs to know what it is, and it's yep. just like football for people who can't get enough football. <laughs> yeah. uh, and usually those people are are people who are betting. You know, yes. you, most of the time you're not just like a guy who's obsessed with football, and loves everything about it. It is just going to watch random people play football. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's yep. what this is. And I and now that sports betting is becoming more prevalent and speak, it, uh, it's getting ratified as legal across uh, the country. I think like 15 to 20 states now allow it. Um, I think it's going to be federally legal soon, and you're going to see a huge shift in sports betting, and I think the XFL is trying to get out in front of it. I think it's smart. Try to accept it. You know, just be on board with it and kind of don't don't let that opportunity go by. And so I I, I was laughing kind of as I saw that, but it it makes sense, and I think – to be honest, I kind of like it, especially for a new league like this. Like, I don't know who's good, who's bad. Like, right. show me what the spread is. Now now I, I know just, who's supposed to win. Like, I just, like, have such a, like, I can imagine some, like, schmuck losing $10,000 on the Tampa Bay Vipers. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so sad that who knows what these teams are. They're brand spanking new, and they're all, like, it's basically a high school football team out there. Yeah, so I, I but that's I, I think it's good and bad. It's that said, if you're betting on anyone besides the Tampa Bay Vipers to win, then shame on you. Shame so, on you. Um, get out of here. So hopefully the Vipers come back next week uh, and right the ship. Um, anything else on the XFL before we move on to the Overall, less important stuff? Happy with the XFL. Cool. Yeah. Same here. So. Uh, in in more minor news, uh, less important football game. The Super Bowl was the week before, um, and the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers. What was I think a pretty good game. Um, I don't think we'll go into too much depth uh, breaking it down since we spent right. a lot of time there in the XFL. But um, Pat Mahomes, as uh, Murph predicted last week on top of his Oscars picks, predicted that Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs would win. That's exactly what happened. Honestly, Chiefs didn't play a great game in the in the first half and really into the third quarter. But uh, you saw that offense turn it up in the second in the toward the end of the game, really. And uh, 49ers had no answer. So what would you think of the Super Bowl? Um, you're right. It's weird talking about the Super Bowl a week after it happens and after the XFL is kicked off. Yeah. Now I'm in XFL mode. Exactly. Um, but I thought it was good. I, I was rooting for the 49ers. So the Chiefs comeback and lack of. Uh, Kind of just like a petering out of the 49ers I didn't love. Yeah, it's true. Um, you always want to see both teams put up their best fight, and it seemed like the 49ers didn't. Uh, but I was there for the halftime show. Yes. J-Lo and Shakira, I I am in shock. <laughs> I am in shock. They are, I think, 43 or 40. Shakira's like 42 or 43, and J-Lo's 50. 51. 51, yeah. I think 51. Shakira, I think, is 43. I think you're right. But let me verify that while you're while you, while you keep talking about it. They brought it, man. They still got it. And um, Shakira singing "Hips Don't Lie." It was like I was in my eighth grade dance all over again. I just loved <laughs> yeah. it. And they really played to the uh, Miami crowd, like to a. It was like a lot of uh, Spanish music and a lot yep. of um, Spanish culture and, and Cuban culture dancing. And I like that. If you're in a city for the Super Bowl. Celebrate that city. Yep. Um, so it's in Tampa next year. So I don't know if like 
they're going to have Florida Georgia line get like eat, <laughs> eat, eaten by alligators or something. Um, but Sounds I, right. I, Sounds right. I like the idea of, of kind of tailoring it to the city that it's in. I mean, it's obviously a lot easier for Miami because that's a very specific culture right, and a very right. like loud, uh, boisterous culture, which is cool. So Tampa is a little more refined, if you will, yeah. like more <laughs> cigars and Cubans and things like that. So, right. um, We'll see, but I liked I liked everything about it. I thought they they both did a great job. Yeah, I thought it was great. And uh, just to verify the earlier point, Shakira is forty three. She turned forty three on Super Bowl Sunday, actually. Oh, um, I did know that. Actually. That was her birthday. So, uh, yeah, excellent halftime show. I thought. Um, and uh, yeah, you know that I kind of echo your thoughts about the game. I was rooting for the 49ers, not too strongly, really. Like I kind of I had said before, I wasn't uh, overly kind of pumped or anything about either side of this game. Like I, you know. Didn't hate either team, didn't love either team, but I was rooting for the Niners. Um, but congrats to the Chiefs. I think uh, Andy Reid, you know, I think he deserved one. He's, he's a really good coach. He's been around for a while. Um, he's uh, has fallen short quite a few times and gotten close a few times, but uh, he deserved one. And, and, you know, we said before, like Patrick Mahomes is going to win multiple championships. It's, yeah. it's not a surprise that he's got one now at age 24, I think. Um, and so it's going to, it's going to happen more. So, uh, he's, he's obviously a generational talent. He's, he's kind of taking over, you know, winning MVP last year and Super Bowl this year. So he's, he's obviously off to an amazing start to his career and, uh, congrats to the chiefs. They, they, they pull out the win. Um, congrats chiefs. <laughs> um, so that's it for the Super Bowl. Unless you got any final thoughts. No, I am happy for Andy Reid though. Yeah. I'm happy. Agreed. Um, so the Astros are getting sued. Now, I haven't really seen much of this story at all yet, so why don't you introduce it and uh, kind of let us know what's going on here. This came out today. Um, so there's been, as baseball is kind of wa- uh, starting to, to kick off again, there's been like fan fest and um, like pitchers and catchers reporting and people kind of get yep. into their spring training mode. Everybody's getting asked about the Astros. So it's kind of... We're not gonna we're not gonna get away from this story uh, too soon, but right. Mike Bolsinger, uh, he was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Blue Jays, and Diamondbacks, is suing the Houston Astros for unfair business practices, and is asking the Astros for thirty one million dollars. Um, he specifically was wronged because he was sent to the minors in twenty seventeen after getting pounded by the Astros, huh. uh, right at the height of their sign stealing scheme. And he actually never made it back to the big leagues. So he is a tangible, material injury in this Astro scandal. He got lit up by the cheating Astros and lost his job right. and never got his job back as a professional baseball player. So it sounds dumb. Like the idea, you're like, oh, he's this guy's like suing the the Astros. Like that's lame. But this happened. They cheated and got caught cheating and they've been punished for it. And this person lost their job because of it. Yeah, I mean, um, so I, I, it's going to be hard to to prove that that's the reason he lost his job and never made it back. But that's his argument, and I that's I'm, what I'm kind of buying it. That's what his lawyers are there for, right? And I right, think exactly. um, like I, I, as you've just described this, I'm sitting here trying to think of one, and I, and I unfortunately can't think of one as quickly as the last 30 seconds went by, but, um, his lawyers have more than 30 seconds to think of one, which is, um, you know, a comparison, right? Like there's gotta be a comparison that you could make to put this into perspective because you're right. It sounds silly like that a pro baseball player is going to argue that, 
but well, let's say it's like a it's like a slander case. It's like someone yeah. says like you're applying you're applying for a job and someone just says, oh no, they're a like child molester. Yeah, even though I mean, they're not, it's, and it's you get an, fired for it. Yeah, it's similar, right? Like, right. but like I, I'm I'm trying to think of even even a more direct example of like a competition based thing, right? Like, so mm. you know, what if you're like a what if you're like a you know a stock a broker like a stockbroker or something and like yeah. some company had a scandal that like you know caused the what the the moves that you made or the trades that you made to be all like terrible and it was all because they were cheating on something and like that, that you couldn't have yeah. foreseen that right like it's like like they will come up with examples to highlight that people can have their careers like massively impacted by yeah. others cheating right this and is not you're right. You're right in saying that this is not a novel argument. Like this kind of stuff, asking for this kind of reparation, where like you've been fired for someone else's fault that's no fault of right. your own, and it's is is a is a big is big in employment law. So I could see this being. I mean, I'm sure they'll settle. I'm I'm sure they will settle because why wouldn't you? You they want to get this gone as fast as possible. But right, um, if it goes to trial, which it won't, um, I, I could see. Significant good arguments being made. Yeah, on, and, and on I mean, singers' behalf. If, if yeah, I, I would also anticipate a settlement here. Um, the, probably one of the toughest things to to prove isn't so much that the cheating cost him his job because it's kind of it, you could make that argument pretty easily. I think it probably be, it might be tough to argue that that he would have definitely made X amount of money, right? Like I think that's um, because you know he might have just been a bad pitcher. Like we don't, you know, like like. Unless you can point to one performance and say this was the only bad performance, then there'll be a lot of ammo on the other side if he like got rocked by yeah. the, like the Texas Rangers minor league team or something, yeah. right? Well, like if, if it get, if it gets that far, which again I don't think it will, it'll be a battle of the experts. It'll be right, one right. side hiring a forensic expert and the other side hiring a forensic expert, and both saying this is what his projected earnings would be, and yeah, one saying right. no, this is what his projected earnings would be. But either way, like that's that's past the whole. Right, did yeah. he did was he materially injured? And the answer to that seems to be yes. So yeah. now it's like, what does he deserve? It's interesting, interesting Very. stuff. So uh, so we'll have to keep tabs on that one uh, and see if if uh, more you know maybe this opens floodgates if he were to get a settlement here. Um, who knows how many? Of or what the, about then? It, then like, where does it go if people bet on the Yankees? You know, like where? Does yeah, it stop? right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where, where does it end? Where's the line? If someone put a, yeah, you're right. That's yeah, that this is going to be, it'll be really interesting if that kind of blows up. Um, so good to watch there um, and see what happens with that. So I think that does it for sports and we'll move it into the second half, which is pop culture. So pop culture, uh, not too much here in this topic, but we will first start with the Oscars, um, which was on Sunday night, last night uh, for us recording, two nights ago for you listening on Tuesday or whenever you're listening. Um, <laughs> the so uh, we you, we heard you heard in the intro uh, that uh, Murph made a couple predictions, and one of his predictions that was his bold, unlikely, but kind of prefaced the reason he thought it was unlikely, ended up coming exactly true, which is Parasite winning Best Picture. Uh, the first foreign film to ever win Best Picture, uh, South Korean film, uh, with a uh, instantly viral and popular online director, Bong yeah. Joon-ho, 
Um, so what were your thoughts on Parasite winning Best Picture at the Oscars? I'm, I love it. Um, I haven't seen it. I, yeah. I remember when we were talking to Murph, I asked him about Parasite. Like, have you seen Parasite? Because I've heard it's good and I want to watch it. And he hadn't seen it either. So this is a reason to see a very good movie that we probably wouldn't have watched otherwise because yeah. it's a foreign film with subtitles um, and wasn't really, it was kind of under the radar until now. Um, so I'm very pro giving the Oscar to the best movie. I don't, right. It doesn't need to be an American movie. It doesn't need to not have subtitles, whatever. I haven't seen it, so I can't say that I thought it was the best movie of the bunch, but um, you're right. Bong Joon-ho is hilarious. <laughs> he gave, he, and, and to his credit, he stayed true the entire time. He's always kind of like, he's pretty like, not anti-American, but anti-establishment. Yeah. Um, he came up, gave a... Uh, he can barely he could speak very uh, little English, so he said like "thank you, it's a great honor," and then spoke the rest in South in South Korean, um, and then said like "I can I can't wait for a drink later." Like, that's <laughs> yeah. like the only <laughs> it's like yeah. the only English he can say. But he's so <laughs> excited. He he got his Oscar. He has he got two Oscars, I think. He like made them kiss when he was like getting photos. He's just like a big kid. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, hilarious. So um, I'm for it. I'm not a big movie buff, so. I don't know actually like what ramifications this has for the Oscars or, or whatnot, but I think it's a good thing. I completely agree. I think it's a good thing. I think that, you know, um, it's almost like they listened to, to listen to this podcast and they heard Murph calling them out saying, I don't think they're progressive enough to do this. And then they're like, you know what? Fine. We'll do it. Um, Fine, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I also haven't seen it, but you know, I, I've heard good things about it. I'll have to now check it out. You know, like I said before that whole list, I kind of want to watch a lot of those, but there should be absolutely no reason why a foreign film wouldn't win best picture if it's the if it's if if they view that as the best movie and, and I think yeah um you know there I don't really know how it all works like you know how many foreign films really get even reviewed for best picture you know like how right. how do like you get how, into that exactly like how do you get in the whole system right and so I can't imagine they watch every movie in the world that gets produced in a year <laughs> right so like. Um, so, so that part of it, I don't really understand. Um, and so I don't really know how that comes about, but overall, I, I you know, if, if it's, if it's the best movie and, and a bunch of people agree on that, then there's really no reason why it shouldn't win best picture, especially just nowadays when like there's, you know, you browse through Netflix and there's a bunch of stuff on Netflix that it'll recommend to you that is not in English that has subtitles and like right. you, lo- you enjoy watching it. It's totally fine. Like, so there's really no reason that, that, um, that it can't win best picture. And I'm glad it did if it deserved it. Um, again, I haven't seen it, but we'll, we'll check it out and find out. So I loved that. I agree with you on, uh, on Bong Joon Ho as well. Um, seems like a, like a excellent character. I wish, I wish more directors were like him, um, in his, uh, in his demeanor, I guess. Um, yeah, he's goof, goofball, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's mostly my thoughts. Um, and I think, uh, for the record, I don't have all the results in front of me, but I think our expert was pretty on the money with a lot of picks, if I remember correctly. So, um, props to why he, that's why he's a four time guest. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, so anything else you wanted to mention on the Oscars? No, sir. All righty. So, uh, last little topic in pop culture was actually uh, going to be a final drive, but it has been promoted to be in the pop yeah. culture section. Um, so we're going to talk about code names, which uh, I think Steve did on a previous final drive of his. Correct? I did. Correct. And I'm I almost su- positive I did. Yeah. So 
I, I believe you. I, I and the the problem here is that I don't remember it. I might have. I might have not associated it because I hadn't heard of it prior to that and never got a or visual you, of it or anything. Or you just zone or I just, out when I do my or final I just drives. wasn't straight up wasn't listening. Yeah. Um, so, but Code Names is a board game. Uh, you've written here a board game that's sweeping the nation, which I'm down for that description. Um, yeah. Do you want to describe the rules, or you want me to describe the rules? Um, I no, I will. I'm going to let you describe them, but preface with they're hard to describe, so it's not going to sound fun while he's describing it. That is true because <laughs> people were trying to describe it to me and I was like, um, okay, I don't get it, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll play it. So the preface, Steve's preface is correct. You should really just try to play the game and then you will enjoy it. And it's it. cheap. It's like it's, 20 bucks at Walmart. It's, yeah. It, it's a it's very simple it. game. It's a very simple board game. There's really not even a board. It's just cards and 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 some like pieces with it, but uh, it's very simple. So essentially like it's a five by five board of, of words and... Each, you know, basically two people are playing against each other, trying to get their teams to guess the right words. And you're basically, basically every turn you say one word that is trying to tie together words that your own team is trying to guess. So if I, if, you know, if it said football and fun, I might say XFL and that's probably wouldn't be allowed because it's an, it's an acronym for football, but whatever you get what I'm saying. You can say Vipers. And, uh, you could say, you could say Vipers and then they would say football and they would say fun because the Vipers are so fun. Right? right. And so, uh, you know, I guess you're right. It's hard to explain the more in depth rules, but it is really simple. Like once you actually do it once, it's like really easy to understand. The, w- um, the way I kind of described it in a, in a situation like this where it's, you don't have it in front of you is it's, it's a little bit like battleship with words. That's like a great- trying to, you're trying to get someone to guess certain things on a grid by using one word. It's it's uh it's if you, it's combining battleship and catchphrase. Yes. Pretty much, except catchphrase limited to one word descriptions. Mm-hmm. So, but it's really fun. Um, the it's it's hard to relay that in in this conversation, but uh, take both of our words for it. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you're looking for a good gift for someone who you who you bought everything for, the person who has everything. Get code names the board game and play it with them. The only bad thing is you need four people at minimum. Right, you do need four. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, but the good the good thing is that really there's kind of no limit on how many people could play. I mean, it'd be kind of chaotic if it was like more than like ten probably. But um, but you could have quite a few people play and it's still uh, very fun. So so there you go. Code names. Go pick it up. Go, go grab it. Go get it. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> um. So that's it for pop culture. Brings us into the final drive. Um, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I want to go first, Derek. First. Take it away. Yeah. So my final drive this week is not really a, um, an item or a show or anything like that. It's just a shout out. Uh, I want to shout out Mitt Romney. I know he's getting um, a lot of praise from one side and hate from another. Um, but this is a man who serves in the... Um, Republican Party as senator was the only U.S. senator to convict Donald Trump um, in this, and and also voted for witnesses too. Which uh, we that's, and I'm not going to go into all of it because it makes me so mad to talk about all of it. But he stood up there and gave a speech that was basically just like, I have to be able to tell my kids that I voted the way that all of you should be voting. I didn't just vote. Republican because it's my football team. I voted what's best for America, um, and I and I I felt something there because it, it feels like our institutions are falling apart. It feels like it's called the separation, like 
checks and balances. Like these, these have to yeah. be separate entities. They, they have to be different branches that that check each other, and it's not happening. And so, and it still hasn't happened, which is is a whole nother conversation. But Mitt Romney at least took his oath to this country seriously, and um, voted a way that was going to give him a lot of ridicule. And now they're talking about kicking him out of the GOP and yeah. kicking him out of the Republican Party. I'm like that it's and insane. that just prove and that just proves the point. Yeah. Like it's it's not about America anymore for for most of these people. So uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. It was a it was a nice moment and I I really respect him for doing that. So props. Yeah, absolutely. A nice moment and a really uh needed moment, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um so on a much, much more important topic than what Steve was just talking about, um, <laughs> the, the Masked Singer season three has uh, begun airing. Oh, it, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I want to change mine. <laughs> it uh, it aired uh, the first episode after the Super Bowl and then another one uh, later in the week. Um, I'd never watched this show before. It had two seasons prior. I'd never even heard of it, actually. Um, and a couple of people I was watching the Super Bowl with said they kind of liked it. Uh, I was watching the Super Bowl and kind of just like still had the TV on and it came on and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. And next thing I know, I hate to admit, I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> so basically there's these, uh, every contestant on this show is wearing like a mascot uniform, like some character that is, that is in the show, like a turtle or like a kangaroo or, or whatever it is. And you can't see who they are. Um, and it's basically like every other singing show on the planet of which they're all the same which is they go out there and they sing for an audience and then a bunch of judges say what they think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but being in costume, you don't know who it is. And so in addition to them singing these performances, there's also every episode before they go out there and perform, there's a little clue package that like is kind of like cleverly put together to give clues about who this person might be. Um, and then they go out there and they sing. Now, um, the literally the very first contestant on... The fir- on the first on that episode that aired right after the Super Bowl was now now this hasn't been confirmed because they only get revealed when they lose like when they get voted off like then they reveal who they are um, so this person hasn't been voted off yet stunningly but it is without question Rob Gronkowski like a hundred percent what it's a hundred percent Rob Gronkowski you know it the second you see him so um, so if anyone wants to go look it up it's White Tiger on this current season. Just go look it up. He's not voted off yet, but it's a hundred. Everyone who watched it knows it's Rob Gronkowski. So why don't they know? Why don't they know it? Well, they the judges like have to kind of like all give their guesses, and Gronk has been some of the guesses, but like they kind of can't all just like say they know who it is, you know? Oh, they all so, have to know who it is. Yeah. Well, well, it's not like a it's not a game to try to guess. Like they all just try to guess, but really it's a game to see like who gets voted the best singer. And so every oh. episode, someone gets eliminated, and when they get eliminated, that's when you find out who they are, who they actually were oh, the whole time. Oh, it's not okay. It, it's not a game to guess who it is. That's just like a subplot of the game. It's like to guess so, who it is. So Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski has made it past at least one round. He has survived two not, rounds <laughs> of being not the worst singer. Uh, being not the who was voted as the worst performer, I think. And I think he's winning some points with his dance moves. But, oh, yep, but, but right. I mean, also, the two songs that he chose were Ice Ice Baby and Good Vibrations. So yeah. he, uh, he didn't exactly sing the most vocally uh, rangy songs, I'll say. But uh, but anyway, so it's uh, I would say give it a shot. I kind of didn't think I was going to like it, but it's actually pretty entertaining, I think. Uh, and for a little bonus, you can go back and watch some of the prior seasons and like kind of see 
who these people were. But when I said to Steve off air was Victor Oladipo uh, was actually an outstanding singer on the previous season of it. I had never seen it at all. And I went and watched the YouTube videos and I'm like, this is, he was really good. Um, so there you go. Mass singer. I think it's, it's worth a shot. If you uh, want some kind of uh, mindless television that is like similar to those singing shows, but a little bit less boring because uh, there's some more humor and excitement in it. So there you go. The masked singer. Hmm. So who'd have thunk it? Who would have thought? It's like that. Paul, it's like the Paul Rudd meme when he's sitting there. It's like, who, he's ah, like not us. look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> so, <Not me>. uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's it. That's it for episode 145. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for 146. Later, dudes.